Hey everyone, back for another episode and today we're going to talk about how you climb yourself up and some fortunate things can happen, we drop down to rock bottom, but how we can claw ourselves right back out of there and back up where we really want to be empowering ourselves. So watch your way through. Uh, today I'm joined by Henry Guyburn. Have I got it right? Yes. Perfect. Pleasure <laughs> uh, to have you on, Henry. Uh, Henry's, uh, um, I met you on Zoom, so we haven't met in person yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> last month with um, our mastermind program, and I, I was just so inspired by your story, um, which you're going to share a bit today. And I think it's you know we've talked about how we can help and provide you know support for others, and you know how our journeys can you know not inspire as well because it's such an inspirational story that you know you've you've shared with me then and just before we come on. So. Uh, before we get well let's get started just in a few words henry tell us a little bit more about you um, and what you do okay yeah my name's henry um, i'm from southampton um i run a tree surgery business and have done for 13 years um i've now got into property world and doing property investing um i was born in ipswich i moved to southampton when i was 14 um and my father he run one man bands um, my parents run a restaurant and they were always pushing me to get into business and that's how i ended up getting into uh into it at 24 years old oh wow so and you started from like a you said like a, a 10 grand loan in your your garage or shed or whatever it was and, and you bought this yeah. and built this you know up to like 47 staff at one point was it? And yeah it went pretty big um so yeah i started um left school, failed all my GCSEs, didn't have a clue what to do. Uh, careers advisor said to me, you should go and do customer service because I like water sports and socializing, as you do. So I went and did that, worked in lots of different office jobs, worked for the bank, um, uh, worked for different sales companies. And then in my early 20s, decided to leave and go and be a tree surgeon. Um, my best friend, Toby, said, oh, we've got some jobs over here. Do you want to come and work? And as soon as I got into that, I was like, okay, well, this is where I can start a business because my dad always said to me, son, I really wish I started a business earlier. He was in his mid-30s. Um, so he said, if the one thing you can do, start your own business. Um, so I told everyone, I'm quite a vocal person, and I've always been told, if you want something, you just ask for it or, or say it. Say what you want. So everyone I met, I kept saying, I want to start my own business. I want to start my own business. So the company I was working for went under um and one of their clients a couple of months later phoned me up and his name was john parrington said henry you know you said you wanted to start your own business you know now i've lost that company as my client as my customer i need someone to do our tree work so do you want to come and do it um so we went and met in a pub in four marks in um, which is a village in hampshire um and we chatted about it and i said well i've got terrible credit because he said you need to get a loan you need to start this business and we'll give you work so he actually said look i'll get the loan for you which was amazing because i was 24 years old <laughs> i didn't really know anything about anything um and then we started to grow it from there um for the first three or four years we ran it from a garage we, we rented a masonette me and my wife Sarah, who I'm still with now, we've been together 17 years. It was £40 each a week, all bills included. Um, this was just before the 2008, uh, 2007 Northern Rock banking kind of crash. So we had three months of really good work. And then suddenly we just fell off the cliff after Christmas when the recession really kicked in. But fortunately, our hub, the garage we were running it from was £50 a month. Our bills were really cheap and I could, we could get by. Um, my ambition was very low at that time and we kind of bumbled along for a few years and we were just working with this guy, John. And then I, then I, then we decided to get married. 
Um, and then as soon as you start getting married, you start thinking about the future. And that's when my ambition started to grow. Um, and we won a contract with um, SSE. And the business went from 10 to 15 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 47. Um, and things were good at about 30. And I should have stopped at about 30. <laughs> right. um, we, we always wanted a business that was a good culture. I, I'd worked for before... Um, before uh, I worked for myself, I'd worked for some terrible bosses in sales. I had a terrible tree surgery boss, people that would shout, scream at you. I had one guy in sales who was a bit of a bully, you know, really, really talked down to you. And I always said to myself, if I start my own business, I want to treat people how I want to be treated. You know, staff, when you come to work, you commit to work and you go and turn up and you do a good day's graft, whether it's in office, whether it's labor intensive. And a lot of company's attitude is, well, I pay them. And so that's enough. And I don't think it does. People need gratitude. People need, you know, to see that they're part of something, part of a journey. They're developing themselves. They can see part of it. So we've always looked after people. Um, so, yeah, we grew it. And then, it, unfortunately, it all went wrong and it went under. So that that was not too long ago, really, was it? Was that 2009? Two, two years ago. Yeah. Two so, years ago. Yeah. T two months ago. So, yeah. Yeah. So you got it to a turnover of two million, which is freaking crazy in my head. <laughs> so <laughs> amazing. And, and before we come on, you said you taught, you know, you like to win, you're competitive. And I think I, I think that's a I do think that's a, a bonus. I, I guess like what we you might have said is like, yeah, it's great until we kind of get knocked back down. So you, we, we got to the top of the mountain and then obviously things for whatever reason happened and it, it went the other way so did it just suddenly just fall like this deck of cards or was it a gradual did you were there signs or no it was it was it was grad it was gradual um my daughter's five now and um, when she was when she was born um business was really good we had about 30 staff and i spent quite a lot of her first year working a few days a week and i wasn't having to work full time in the business and um that was quite a big milestone i remember it uh, when my my son Ned is two and a half, when he was born, so two and a half years ago, uh, I don't remember his first year because it was the opposite. I was doing 12, 14 hour days. The whole thing was falling apart. Um, so it was really tough. Um, and that's and it, it kind of happened the way face the reason why it happened. There's lots of reasons I could spout off, but I was not good enough. I didn't, I had this blockage from school where when I failed all my G GCSEs, I said, I'm not going to do learning. I'm just going to work really hard. My parents gave me this great work ethic. My dad got me a paper round job at 12. He lied to the, the, the local um, uh, agent to say that I was 13. Um, I started my own car, um, car washing business at weekends with, with a bucket and sponge. You know, every bit of money I earned, I had to earn. And it was a great work ethic. But when you've got 47 staff, working really really hard doesn't cut it you know at the end of the day i was steering the ship and i wasn't good enough and about a year before the business went under i met a guy called jeff shrimpton who's a business coach and he was a really good coach and he said to me henry you need to start learning about business and i said oh, I, don't, I don't really do learning with any course he said no no you can read some books I, went, no, I don't i don't read books he went look i'm going to coach you you need to read books and he gave me uh one minute manager reads the monkey and i started reading these books and realizing that when I was reading, especially that book, I suddenly went, oh, I'm the guy with the cape who's coming in. You know, every time, every time something would have needed to be done, uh, uh, say a, a trailer reversing in the yard, I go, I'll do it. 
something <laughs> needs to be done in the yard. Oh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Oh, my computer's broken. I'll do it. And I used to, that was great for my ego because then people would go say to me, there's a reason why you're the boss, Henry. There's a reason why you're the boss. And I'd be like, yeah, there is a reason why I'm the boss. Yeah, because I'm really good. And what I had no idea at the time is because I had no business knowledge that I was just disempowering all my staff. You know, now I look back at it every holiday. I mean, every holiday, and I won't list everything that went wrong. It, there was huge complaints. There was car incidents. There was staff incidents. But every holiday, the company would implode, and I would have the most stressful holidays because I'd be on the phone. To, I'd talk to a client in New Zealand. It cost me 45 quid from Greece, um, and all these things go wrong. Now I know. I look back at it and go, it's because every time I went away, there was nobody to do they do the stuff for them. They, yeah, they went and did the work, but I was completely disempowering them all the time. So basically what I'm getting to is, is for, for when the business was small, I could do everything for everyone and it wasn't a problem. But when it got to 47 staff, I couldn't, I couldn't do it for everybody. And I wasn't good enough. And I started learning a year before. But when the coach came in, unfortunately, the business was already in dire straits. And we didn't we didn't think to, it's, it's crazy to say this. And, and people are going to go, what when they hear this? But I didn't even know what a cash flow forecaster was. And I've been running a business nine years. And we got it to 1.4 million at that point. I didn't really know what how to read a PL. I didn't know a lot of things. I just worked really hard. I'd looked after my team. And that's why I had a really good team that wanted to work hard for me. But I was also disempowering them. I wasn't managing them properly. So um, ultimately, it, it, what it comes down to is, is I wasn't good enough. You know, I think that Jim Rohn, he says a really good saying, like, don't wish life was easier, wish you were better. And, and I realise now that I, didn't, I, was, I needed to grow myself. Um, so when it all went under, I had to be accountable and just look, stare down the barrel. It's a really tough thing to stare down the barrel at looking back and not blaming other people and going, that was my fault. You know the reason why it's gone under is me um and that's that was a tough thing but ultimately i think that's what helped me back up again yeah i i definitely and i can relate to loads of what you're saying because um it's hard sometimes as well because like you know handing over tasks and and probably as a someone that's built it maybe you can do it better maybe you can't but it's just how it is and, and I, sometimes i just gotta say uh no, just go and find out. <laughs> I have this thing with the staff. Some I, I forget to do it sometimes, but I'll say there's this thing on your phone. It's called Google. You have to just ask that if you're a bit stuck. I end up doing all the sorts of things. And I don't even know what I'm doing. Just but yeah. I just know I will find a way. So it, it, it's, it's, it's worked out. Yeah, I totally relate <laughs> to, to those things. But And I, I love what you said. And it is like, like everything that happens, uh, you know, we're responsible for as the, the business owner. And if... Um, and I guess because you would, you're now building a new team. Like, uh, hopefully that ethos passes over. It's you know, I'm you know, we all take that accountability um, together. So, so my phone was going off then. They should know I'm on a stream. What's going on? <laughs> um, so yeah, and no, I love that. So obviously that that was a massive challenge. Um, and again, when things don't go our way, and I've been there for different reasons, and. And sometimes it just feels what on earth is now my life has just flipped upside down and it has a knock on effect to, to other things. And I know you're very passionate about your mental health. It, it must have affected you. Um, Huge. And, and, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, I was overeating, over drinking, uh, me and my wife. I mean, I promised my wife that we'd never have to sell our family home. I say, don't worry, don't worry. I work really hard. You know, I was clueless, really. We're never going to have to sell our family home. And I remember the day I had to go and tell her we're going to have to sell our family home. And, you know, two young children at home. We, we of course, argued. But because I didn't want to argue in front of the kids and I didn't want it to affect them, quite often for after the business went under, I spent quite a lot of time on friends' sofas because I didn't want to be around the kids. I mean, I am a very fortunate human being that my wife is as committed, loyal, and maybe stubborn, <laughs> that she stayed with me. Um, and we've been together 17 years. And I mean, I'm forever thankful of that because we got through it. And at the year after, once things got better, I said to her on our anniversary, I said, if we could get through last year, we can get through anything. But yeah, my mental health was all over the place. Um, I was stressed, I was anxious. I was constantly checking emails, staff emails, bank accounts. We had, I mean, we had invoice fat finance and I don't know if you ever come across invoice finance, but it's it's factoring, it's it's ruthless. They basically loan you out 75% of all the invoices that are, that are owed to you. Um, it's like an overdraft but they've got you by the balls and they can just pull money. And I remember that every time we paid, we had to pay wages, it was, we used to do it by the skin of our teeth. And because my most important thing was paying staff. I never wanted to not pay the staff. Like I didn't even pay myself. I remember my coach said to me, Henry, you're doing all this work and you're earning what a janitor's were earning. I remember friends going to me, you must be loaded. I'm thinking, no, I'm taking a thousand pound a month home. You know, a thousand pounds a month. Um, you know, we were, we, my, my wife is so good with a shopping bill. We were living on a shoestring for a couple of years. You know, we were good. And then thing, when things were bad, we were on a shoestring. But it definitely taught me a lot about material things and, you know, that constant want for material things and gratification and, and all those things. Because now I'm delaying gratification a lot more because I used to go, oh, I've had a really strong day, so I'm going to go and eat loads of food or I'm going to go and buy myself an iPhone or I'm going to go and do this. And you realise that those material things really don't actually give you that. They might do for a minute. If you get a new iPhone, you're like, oh, yeah. It's the same as the last one. I've got right. an extra camera. It's got an extra camera. And then that feeling disappears. Um, yeah. And, and when I hit rock bottom, that made me realize that my why was all wrong. Because my dream board used to be full of, used to have my family in the middle of it, but it used to be full of Ferraris, Porsches, nice things. And I realize now that those things will, well, you know, everyone still wants those nice material things. I'm not going to lie and say I wouldn't like to have a nice car and all those sorts of things. But you buy a Ferrari or you buy it, you start with an Audi R8, then you want a Porsche, then you want a Ferrari. And then if we know it, you want a Bugatti Veyron, and then you want an F1 car because that feeling of wanting never goes away. And my opinion is, is that when you start giving and giving back to people, that's a feeling that lasts forever. When you go and help people, that feeling will 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 make you sleep happy at night. You know, the, the Ferrari still will. You know, seeing that, you know, money does make you happy. It's, it's a truth. But if you can mix that with helping people, and I sort of realised that when I hit rock bottom, and that helped me pick myself back up again to realise that I had stronger whys than I did before. It wasn't just all about money. It's about it's about the journey and, and trying to help people, serve people. Definitely, Henry. And I, I don't know if you've ever seen it. So in a way, you were kind of going for some grief and it's a grief of where life had changed um, for you from what you had and, and, and there. And, and there's like a grief curve and it, it kind of, I've said this before and get on camera. So it kind of goes like, why? Oh, kind of goes up like this. So I have to get yeah. used to camera, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so at the bottom, it, it's actually, a, it's not, depression's not at the bottom. It's just 
on the way out of it. So you go through like denial stages and everything. And, and one of those things is for coming back out of it. And you have to go through all these emotions and it can be like this and it can mm. be like that one day. And that's how it was for me anyway, for um, when my life had changed really, it was, it was like a grief of life's changed for whatever reason. And then part of coming out is, is, is finding new, you know, new meaning and, and I think helping people making new connections and, and that's part of it. And then that's it. You find that, that way out then you're able to go forward and, and it, you are just a, you're a, you're the same person, but in a new, new mold, I guess that's probably the best way of describing it. I feel like sometimes I don't know if you feel the same way. It's like you've lived many lives. hundred percent. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, we were right in what you're saying, because when the business was going under, it was going under for about eight months. I didn't drink for the whole time. I was, focused i was getting up early and i was focused we then it went under we then restarted straight away um and we started i still kept out of 30 staff that it was at that point because we'd had let a few go over a year we then went down to 12 and i kept sophie and mike who had been with me for years and they basically ran the business for me after that because when it was going under i was fine it was actually after mm. that's when i crashed yeah. For three months up until three or four months, I was a mess. I was, you know, I was still going into work, but they were they were carrying me and the company because I just couldn't get my head out of my ass. I couldn't do it. I just, uh, it was just, I couldn't see see anything. Um, and they really helped me up through that. Um, and I think you're right, you know, you go through the, that, it does go like that, the kind of depression. And I knew things were going wrong and I was trying to do the best and it so I had to I had to sort of step away slightly to get my headspace and I knew things weren't going right because we were obviously spending time on sofas and then the beginning of the year um I said we had Christmas and I said right that's it I'm going to quit drinking for three months um I do it most years I quit drinking for a few months because I find I've actually looked when I analyzed my performance as a, as a business owner I realized I made some really bad decisions on a Monday quite often after a heavy <laughs> weekend of drinking <laughs> I had that fuzzy head and I was yeah. like, well, you know, what do I need to do? And I thought, what do I need to do to win? Like talking about earlier about losing, I'd lost and I was a wounded bear and I hate losing. I really do. But uh, as I said before, I've had, I've had mindset coach say, how does that serve you? And I'm like, when I'm winning, it's great. But when you're losing, it's terrible. But ultimately that desire to win has pushed me on. And so I thought I need to quit drinking alcohol. I also need to start doing business networking. I need to build this company back up. So I spent the year completely just focused on biz, on sales and marketing, getting new clients, doing networking. And the networking, I went into the first room, I was an anxious mess and I'm quite a confident person when it comes into meeting people. And part, being part of that networking group helped me. And that's the new that was the new phase of my life. That was, I'd gone from this guy who was all pent up, wouldn't take help from anybody, you know, before the business went under, I, you know, my wife tried helping me and I'd, I'd always push her away and say, no, I'm, not, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. To be more of an open person, to learning, to not being fixed, to wanting to suck up information, wanting to learn everything I can to better myself. And obviously this was that now, we're now into last year, which was pandemic. So we then had three months sober, um, went into pandemic and I straight away, I remember thinking it's all over. We were still we were still an insolvent business because I'd actually carried over debt from the old business because there were some local suppliers who I didn't want them to go down after me. There's guys that I one guy in Eastley that I owed 30 grand to. There's another guy um, that literally down the road that I owed 30 grand to. There's other people. And I thought, I don't want these people to suffer because I've 
made the mistakes. We rolled debt over, so the business was still insolvent. So the pandemic, pandemic happened, and I was like, it's all over. But fortunately, Boris said, if you can't work from home, then you can go to work. And we were doing health and safety tree works, so we just carried on, fortunately. And oh. 2020, yeah, it was, because yeah. if I, I mean, I don't know if I'd be here saying this now, if we'd have, you know, because well, I, I was having talks with my coach at that point that we are going to have to just pull the plug on it all. Um, if obviously we went to lockdown and we couldn't go to work and just sit for six months and restart in six months once it's all blown over, which now we realise it wasn't six months. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, but 2020 ended up being our best year ever uh, with less staff. With 16 staff, we were doing better numbers than when we had 47. And we started paying ourselves. Yeah. Um, and and then that's what gave, gave me the stepping stone to get to here. But that was all, I mean, the only way I got out of this was being accountable and not blaming other people and learning and becoming better and just turning up every day and doing doing at least one really important thing every day. I know people talk in business talk about overwhelm, you know, and big lists and things like that. And I think sometimes we can just overwhelm ourselves. But I think if we can break life down into just day by day and turn up and do one thing that's going to get you to where your goal is and you've got those goals and you know where you're going, then it's, it's huge. And I think 90 days can change your life. I think if you go and see a personal trainer, he'll say to you, give me 90 days, not two weeks. A lot of people go on a diet for two weeks and then look in the mirror and go, well, nothing's happened, so they give up. If you give a personal trainer 90 days, he will make a difference. If you give a business 90 days, if you're depressed, if you've got major issues in your life, if you've got a job you don't like, if you apply for loads of jobs in 90 days, you'll probably get a new job. You know, 90 days can change it. And that's kind of the way I worked in, in day by day and then 90 day cycles. And it worked. <laughs> it did. So, um, no, I, yeah, sorry. I love that. I love that 90 days. And you, you're, you're so true. Um when I was teaching martial arts, I'd say we only got to make that 1% change. If a boat changes course by that one degree, it's not much at the time. It doesn't feel like anything, but a few miles later, it's, it's a totally different, you know, a different course. It's a big, big difference. And hundred percent. Yeah. And I, and just again, listening to you, Henry, I relate so much. I, I, I um, I, I've paid staff on my credit, my personal credit card a few times where I, I was, mm. and, it's hard because you you want to put your staff first because they're the ones that are you know really keeping it together, aren't they? It's, you know, mm. your staff's important, and the same. I, I remember about three or four months in a row, I didn't pay myself not even a penny, and it was just credit card, credit card. Make sure the staff are okay. And I probably was overstaffed at the time, but it was a bit of a balance because I was just quite, I needed them there so I could just step away, sort myself out a bit. So yeah, I I totally relate. And and again, when that lockdown came, I was I was in tears in front of the staff because I was so worried. Like, how am I going to keep these guys together now? But obviously, mm. we, we worked it all out. And yeah, I, I guess it's I feel again. I, I it sounds like a little bit similar that when I've been part of a mastermind or. A, you know a, a high level group that really i'm like this little kid at school again and i'm looking at the big kids that have done so great i find it so empowering it's so true that you do become who you surround yourself with and it's it's had such a massive knock on and again like the learning um you're absolutely right it, it's I, I guess some maybe it was a different generation and i i, I feel you've had so that good input from your your parents as in like 
do this, do this, do this. And they've really empowered you with some great, like a great mindset so that when things didn't quite work out, um, I didn't do great at school. So, um, and I, and I hated it at the time and I just felt pretty insignificant, a bit of a failure, all those horrible things. But now as I look back, I think, well, each one of them things actually made me more resilient. Made me not, you know, mm. to deal with you learn, you learn from it all. Yeah. Definitely. Hugely. Definitely. Yeah. Now I was very fortunate with my parents cause they never gave me handouts. Um, they, we always had a nice house. Uh, but they weren't cash rich cash rich they were they had a nice house they had businesses my dad put a lot of money into his homes and you know was always flipping properties to get the mortgage paid off um and they didn't give me handouts but they made me work for my money and that was a great ethos um and and with the learning you know you're right everything you're learning from every experience you can either look at a failure as a, as a negative or you can look at it as a positive what can i learn they talk about failing forward i've heard that a lot and yeah. you know rather than failing backwards looking at it as positive and uh, i was saying earlier i think before the call i read a book i got given it um, by a guy called david who worked for me and he knew i liked reading and he worked for me as a sales guy about 10 months before the business went under and he said here's this book and it was black box thinking um, it's a fantastic book um, and it's all about how failure is the key to success and I've read that as the business went under and at that point I went oh okay so this isn't really bad I can learn from this this is a great learning point and I wrote a document what went wrong every single thing that went wrong I still review it now and I'm still not doing everything perfectly from that document but it's a constant reminder to go don't ever go back there what we weren't doing right how can we improve how can we make things better and I think that's I think everybody if they look at their failures in life as something that's not you know a dent on their ego a dent on themselves a dent on their personality and go okay well <laughs> I effed up things didn't go so well or this has happened but what can I what can I do to make it better next time you know that's it's such a such a strong thing for people to see that and to understand that failure isn't negative it can be a really positive thing oh 100 and also with the learning thing I, I you know yourself we go on that mastermind it's all day it's very intense you get loads of stuff and you can't implement everything in one go but like you said before we just like today i can do this i can focus on this and now i i've implemented that right cool we're up here now i can implement the next thing it's it's um yeah it's an ever it's a marathon marathon not a sprint as a previous mentor once said to me it, and that, that okay <laughs> I mean, I can <laughs> now. hang on for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i i mean you've, you've mentioned your parents a lot are, are they your biggest inspiration or, or have you got other inspirations in in terms of what you've done yeah um my parents um my mum she read a book when i was younger it was a richard branson book and um she read that and she used to send me off i mean i think she made me walk to school on my own when i was about seven years old and i got almost fell in a ditch and the some a mum found me walking to school and took me to school and the school phoned up and kicked right off of her so they, that was huge um in the sense that you know again I, I don't get lost anymore i got lost and i never get i haven't got lost to this day <laughs> so it's big some big, big lessons but i wouldn't send my seven-year-old to school now um walking as far as it was where it's in the middle of east anglia but anyway they are a huge inspiration and that on the back of that richard branson always inspired me um because of his kind of way that he went in and he he did you know like rob moore talks about he's a good big inspiration but that disruptiveness you know he went into different industries and went no we're going to do some some things differently you know <laughs> we're virgin we're, gonna, we're not going to do the same things as ba we're going to do things differently and i love that um so he was a huge inspiration 
Um, and then I, I suppose it's just, I know this is quite general, but anyone that's successful, I love seeing people that are successful. I love following them. I love people bouncing off it. I think a lot of people look at people successful and go, oh, it's all right to them, but they forget that iceberg effect, you know, that iceberg effect up there. No one ever sees, when you go to the gym and you see that really ripped guy, you don't see the underneath the three years of, of that he's put into it, the, the, the delaying self-gratification, the strict diet, everything. Um, so generally, it's anyone that's successful, and I get quite emotional with people that are, that are living their dreams. Like I, I'm not an emotional person when I watch films and stuff when it's really sad, but if someone's really, you know, aspiring to be who they want to be, that that gets me all, every time. So. Um, yeah, just just success, just just when things are successful. But on the flip side of that, I really want to try and help people get better at things. You know, part of my why we talked about this earlier is is helping people, and I want to help homeless people. Um, I've got a big connection in that way because I, I met when I was going through my dark times. I met people that were business owners that had become homeless, that were just like me, but they didn't have a wife like mine who was stubborn and loyal. <laughs> I better not say stubborn too many times loyal committed you know my parents were still around fortunately you know they were pulling me up and, and helping me but some people don't have that and they end up on the streets and we were talking earlier about how you know you surround yourself with millionaires and you become a, become a millionaire when you're homeless you're surrounding yourself with homeless people so that environment is different for everybody at, at every level um and part of my why is I want to try and help homeless people. I go out with a charity called Street Angels. I started it last last uh, two Saturdays ago. and We go out and give food and, and blankets and clothes and things to people in the streets of Southampton. And it's a great cause. And I think people kind of need that need that help. Um, so that sort of forms. Um, I've gone off of a bit of tangent here, haven't I? But that kind of forms a bit, 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 bit of my why is to try and help and serve. And it's, again, talking about earlier when we were talking about material things, you know, that they're the kind of things that, you know, are gonna gonna help everybody. It's a, it's a better feeling than 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 all the material things in life. No, I think that's hugely important. Um, I can't remember if I connected you with Julie Kent, MB, but she's um. Um, she, she does a lot for local charities, even though she's based here in Cheltenham. But um, once you've got your podcast off the ground, or even if it's just a launch, she would let, probably have you on her podcast talking about, you know, I, I know she's a vice president for a homeless shelter here in this oh, area. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to connect. Yeah, definitely. But I think, it, again, it's, it's, it's part of what, what I learned is, um, you know, I, I, I like to give. And I feel I've, I've kind of regained that control in how it should be done now. Like, you know, you said before, we're probably saying we're running around trying to give help everyone, but it's getting it the right, it is getting that right balance. It's focus, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, I'd love to get you back uh, next year and see where we are with, with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel you, you've got that. Yeah, you're just, just a genuine person, Henry, and just, you know, you, 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 you. It, and it, it's, it's, com it's commendable how you, you want to use that experience. For the greater good and and sometimes you know maybe you just had to go for that because you were the person that could deal with it to then be that mentor for the people that maybe don't know how i actually think that i had to go through what i went through it was brutal and people said it was at the time it was the worst year of my life but now it's the best year of my life because i yeah. found myself i learned more about myself my life you know business you know i learned more in that one year about business than i did 10 years before that so i, I had to go through it and i'm a better person for it so yeah, there we go. Fist bump for that. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> so I was going to say, ask what your biggest win in the last 12 months, but I think you've just pretty much said it there, right? Well, the biggest win now is that we had to sell our family home a year ago and we're just waiting for the final sign-off of our mortgage to get back on the property ladder, So, um, which is a nicer house than we had before. So that's huge. Um, it's massive for my family because taking our family home away was the most heartbreaking thing of it all. So that is to have the year we had and to be, when I said to my wife, don't worry, we'll be back on the property ladder in 12 to 18 months. That was my really positive side coming out. And I wasn't expecting it. I thought maybe two years, two and a half years to be a year on and be buying our, uh, buying a house again. That is, is huge. So that is, that is the biggest win. And now so, I'm Henry, I got interrupt. Wait, wait, literally my hairs are stood up as you're saying it. <laughs> brilliant congratulations yeah. thank you thank yeah, you and i've now got i've now got four businesses four businesses so i've gone from one to four <laughs> <laughs> so it's just spinning plates we were talking earlier spinning plates but i've got yeah. a great team around me and great support so um things are going in the right direction but it, it, again it's all because of the commitment the work ethic and the learning and the constant developing so are these businesses you started from scratch or have you acquired them? So we've got the tree surgery business. We've got edif Edified Properties, which is a, a, a we're buying property um, and refinancing, refurbishing, refinancing. Um, we've got Edify Service Accommodation, where we're doing service accommodation units in Southampton. And then I've bought the franchise for Progressive Property, PPN, Southampton, start a monthly property networking meet. So, so yeah. Three, three from scratch. One, one I've bought the franchise for, but I don't think I could have done another one from scratch with everything going on. So no, I was quite no. happy to take a franchise on that. So, so yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and the whole plan is is to get all these business systemized so that that I can pull away from it more, so I can then do help homeless people. I want to be able to help kids when they leave school because when I left school, and I say I failed on my GCSEs, I got told to go and be a customer service advisor. No one was telling me at that point. Look, Henry. You might, might have failed all your GCSEs, and we have been telling you for your whole life that these are the most important things. And if you don't do well in them, you're going to be really, really, you're going to struggle in life. But there are other options. You can go and learn about business. You can learn about things that you're passionate about. And I kind of want to help people coming out of school or some influence. I don't know how, but yet yeah, there's somewhere, something there. Um, and, and be able to try and, you know, inspire some kids to go and not, you know, maybe go and do what I did and go and work for lots of companies and then stumble across it eventually. They might be able to, we might be able to help the next generation of entrepreneurs, which is what I think we need in this day and age is is young people thinking about that in, in that kind of way. And they're going to be blowing our minds with digital stuff, right? You know, they're going to be creating yeah. the next apps and Snapchats and all these kind of things. So, yeah, that's kind of I, I think we, yeah, I 100% agree with that. I think, you know, unless someone wants to go on to becoming a doctor, but, you know, that may not work out and and even with that things change anyway so um <clears throat> i think you can really create and shape your own destiny and future it's probably never never been a better time to do it really my <clears throat> my son's into his gaming and one's into gaming one's into gaming and youtube and all sorts and it's like okay let's crack on keep doing that make me some stuff this <laughs> encourage it and they're, they, they're, yes they, they can find a way it's difficult isn't it it's difficult i remember i had no idea what i wanted to do and i just, oh okay i do engineering um but i guess um like even from working in a shop i think those things helped me though i think those mm. that experience helped for some of the similar reasons you might i think you might have said off camera but um same reasons but yeah we 
it's more having i think having that open mind that you know what i've got some experience here this isn't for me i can step out of here and i can do you know something else and definitely uh, yeah no i learned sales i learned customer service you know i learned things that when i got into tree surgery you know not every tree surgeon lots of tree surgeons go straight from school in tree surgery i mean not saying they're not very good at to customer service and sales but Barclays Bank put me through thousands of pounds worth of sales and customer service training so that was great and it was good and again you know it was all experience that helped helped get me to where I got to yeah happy days um <clears throat> so I guess uh if you could go back to your younger self then because it seems we're on this what what one piece of advice would you give yourself carry on learning Carry on learning, soak up as much information as you can, read as many books as you can. You know, I read a book a week if I can. If it's, I'm on Arnold Schwarzenegger at the moment, his autobiography, that's taken me longer than a week, it's huge. <laughs> but I would say, I would say, just keep learning and keep developing and, and have an open mindset. No, that's perfect. Great advice, great advice. And if you don't like reading, there's audio books. And if you can't, exactly. you can get a book down into 15 seconds. Of- yeah. 15 minutes sorry not 15 uh, seconds that'd be quick wouldn't it <laughs> yeah and you got and you got youtube you know everything's yeah. on youtube you can learn how to do anything from youtube but yeah whatever it is whichever way you want to learn you know everyone's different just suck it up especially when yeah. you've got a nice young spongy brain <laughs> yeah oh yeah definitely when you're younger it's a lot easier <laughs> yeah. did you find though it was easier uh, like i found learning easier because it maybe because it was my I, obviously I, I i took on a uh, I had my business so there would have been no way I, I would have got my head around marketing and everything else but I I felt when it was mine and I really wanted it to you know serve and you know do what yeah I think you've got to be passionate about what you're learning I think if you're learning that like, there's some things I some books I read and I have to put them down because I get caught away through it and I'm like this isn't going in and to be honest with you I don't you know this isn't really floating my boat and I think if you're not passionate about it then you know, you need to you need to have passion to want to learn. You've got to be something that interests you. You know, I've been on certain courses and you sit there and you're yawning your way through it. You know, property courses now. I love property and it, it just goes in. I just want to, I just want more. Yeah. Um, but if you've got to be passionate about it. And there's another good book by Dan Sullivan, which is Who Not How, uh, which is a great book. And he talks about when you think about how you want to do something, you don't think about how you're going to do it you can think about who so i was trying to read the last year a book about seo and i had bought two seo books and i read them both or i read half of each half of one one of the other and i realized at that point i don't need to do seo myself i need to find who's going to do seo for me yeah. and it's also <laughs> trying to be that like that think about you know you can't learn everything but do no. try and concentrate on the passion things, the passion things that make you tick. Because when you do, it's it. You read a book and you read it in 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 no time at all. Yeah. Again, great advice, Henry. Thank you so much. Um, well, listen, I, I really enjoy speaking to you. I I would love for you to come back on. I definitely I I can't wait to see you get coaching. <laughs> thank you. I, I really want to. I want to help people. So, and thank you for having me on. This has been great. So, it's always good to talk. No, my pleasure. No, there's a, there's a warmth about you, Henry, and you've got so much um, empathy. And again, when I first met you in the um, the breakout room for the mastermind, I, you gave so much just in in that bit. I think you, need, you might have nearly had me in tears, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, thank, well, thank you for your time and your kind words, and I'll definitely be back, and I definitely want to keep sharing my story. Um, so, yeah, thank you. All right. If anyone did want to get in contact with you, Henry, are they okay to private message you, or is it best to go through the links I put in the copy um, in the comments? Yeah, just just private message me through Facebook. Facebook's better than LinkedIn. Um, I look at, I have my messenger more up on, on that. So, um, or, or just go through the websites, whichever is easiest for people. Brilliant. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Henry, I'll speak to you in two seconds once we come off air. Cool. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Enjoy this lovely, lovely weather. Find some ice. Uh, maybe don't. Be careful you jumping in water, of course. There's been a few uh, in, a few um, casualties. That's the word I was looking for. All right, I'm going to shut up now. Peace. <laughs> Peace, love. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>